Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. The book of Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Somebody say with me, a miracle could happen. Anybody in the building need a miracle today? Maybe in family, in body, in spirit. God's able. I've seen it many, many times. I was, uh, I can be instantaneous as I feel the spirit move. And uh, I try to always follow what the spirit of the Lord is doing. Always. And uh, wherever he goes, I try to show up. Amen. And sometimes God wants to do something right in the middle of a church service. And uh, I, I remember one, one time while I was, while during the middle of a service, just felt wicked by the Lord. And I said, if you need a miracle right now, get out of your seat, walk down, walk down to the front. And I said, I want you to come with your hands lifted. Well, I looked and this lady, she came out, obeyed that. And she came, by the time she got to the front, the Lord had healed her of scoliosis of the spine. Her, she said, she told me, she said, she had an S-curved spine. She said, I have been in pain for 15 years. She said, but somewhere between there and here, God healed me miraculously. Her name was Jane. God's able. Right here in this building, he's able. I asked someone the other day, have you ever seen a miracle? You can see one before you leave here today. It might be in you. Amen. You believe a miracle can happen? Praise God. Ephesians chapter 6, chapter 6, verse 11, it says, Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles, which means tricks, traps of the devil. Look at verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power, somebody say, the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. It talks about spiritual warfare. But it goes down, uh, verse 13, it says, Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to, what? Withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, what does it say to do? Stand. You don't find too many places in Scripture where something good happened while sitting. They had Pentecost, yes. The Holy Ghost fell on them while they were sitting. But a lot of times when people sit, they died. You, you can't give up. You've got to stand for what you believe in. Can't be any give up in you. Amen. Look what it says. It says, Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod, means shoes, with the preparation of the gospel of peace, Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Notice in the listing, it talks about a sword, talks about the loins girt, the feet shod, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, and the shield of faith. It names, names those things. What I, uh, yesterday morning I woke up and I just feel like the Lord wanted me to preach something to you specific 
but I don't find it mentioned here, but I do believe it is certainly there, and it is the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord is not mentioned in the armor of God, but I do feel like there is victory, amen, in the, in, in the name of Jesus, we have victory. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Hallelujah. Somebody shout, there is victory in the name of Jesus. Would you clap your hands again and just love him. Just, just express yourself to him. You may be seated. I'd like to preach for the next few moments from an old song that says, in the name of Jesus, we have the victory. In the name of Jesus, we have the victory. The song says, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we have the victory. Tell me who can stand before us when we call on his great name. Jesus, Jesus, oh, precious Jesus, we have the victory. The name of the Lord is not mentioned in the armor of God, yet I do believe we need the name of Jesus, amen, over our life and anything that we're gonna do for him, we need to have the name of Jesus over us. And uh, when you begin to study the name of Jesus, the Bible tells us in Philippians that he has a name that is above every name. Matter of fact, Isaiah mentioned it, and so in the New Testament was mentioned, that every knee would bow, every tongue would confess that Jesus Christ is, everybody say, Lord. There's something about the name of Jesus. It means Jehovah has, has become my salvation. Jehovah saves. The name of Jesus is what that means. I don't think the name of Jesus should ever be used as a byword, a casual word. I believe it should be used with much care. Matter of fact, in the Old Testament, one of the Ten Commandments is not to take the name of the Lord in vain. Matter of fact, you'll find in the great awakening movement in the United States of America, and there was great repentance that came, that not only would they say, not say, oh my God, as a throw off anymore, they wouldn't even say anything that was similar to that, like even the word gosh. They removed anything that was similar to the name of God from the vocabulary because they valued the name of God so much. If you are communicating with the Jew in a text message, you will find they will send you the word God, capital G, dash D. They don't even feel worthy to even text the name of God. Matter of fact, the scribes, which were the copy machines of that day, it's what a scribe was, a scribe would copy the written word, that they would, many of them, they were so convicted about the name of God because the Bible says don't take the name of the Lord in vain. Why? Because you will not be found guiltless in the judgment. That's what it says. You, you've got to guard the name of God. It's not to be used like every other name. Let's let me just stop right there and make sure we have that down here. But a scribe, when he would be writing out the, in the scrolls the word of the Lord, when he would come to the name of God, he would wash his hands, wash his hands, and dry them and then write the name of God. He didn't want anything to be done that would contaminate any use of the word or the name of God. 
Matter of fact, many of them, that when they would write it, they would leave at least a portion of it blank because they did not feel worthy to use the name of the Lord. So I say to you today that don't dare ever use the name of God in vain. What does that mean? To, to be using it without purpose, to be using it just because you're angry, just be using it just because you need I remember being a teenager in high school and I would learned the value of the name of God. I was taught that from a child. The name of the Lord is a sacred name to be used. And I remember a guy screaming from the bleachers. He was using Jesus Christ in some, some, variety, uh, some negative way. And I, I, he was my friend. I said, he never did anything wrong to you to use his name like that. It bothered me severely. And when you begin to see what happened in 1 Samuel, there was a battle that was going on between two nations. It was the nation of Israel as well. It was the nation of the Philistines. And there was a Goliath that was down there that was challenging them to fight. And uh, when David began to see what the enemy was doing in the valley, it angered him so much. Why? Because he said, the Goliath defies the armies of God. He's come against the name of God. And David couldn't stand to see the enemy come against the people of God, the army of God, and the name of God. There was something that stirred up in him when he went and fought Goliath, who was the champion of the enemy. And when he runs to him, how many know Saul tried to put the armor of Saul upon that little boy, David, to fight Goliath? He tried to give him his armor and he tried to give him his own sword. And David looked at him and said, Saul, I've never proven these things. Let me use what I have proven. And so when he does, he takes off running toward in the valley. He takes off running in the valley toward this giant that is nine and a half feet tall. They taught me that in Sunday school. Nine, nine and a half feet. His, his sword was the size of a weaver's beam. It was a long, big, heavy sword. His, his, his armor weighed so much heavy. You, you, a normal man couldn't have even, even carried it. But this giant of a man had this on and David is running ferociously at this giant, the champion of the enemy. And he had made this statement. He said, if I conquer you, then you all will have to serve the Philistines as slaves. But if you have a man that can conquer me, we will be subservient or serve you. There was something that David had though. David had this guard. David had this weapon that was with him that wasn't his slingshot and his stones that he had in the shepherd's bag. When he was running toward the enemy, he ran and he stopped in the stream in the brook and he reached down and he picked up five smooth stones. He put four of them in his pocket and I believe he had one he put in a slingshot like I talked about just I think it was two Sundays ago. And he is running at the enemy and when Goliath looks, He's standing on one hill. I know what hill, y'all don't know what hills are like in Ohio. In West Virginia, we have valleys and hills and, and y'all have bumps in the road, but here we are, here we are down there. And I, I, I can see the Goliath is down the valley and he can see this hill that goes up and the 
Up on top of that hill on that side are the Jews, the Hebrews, the, the Hebrew army led by Saul. On this side behind Goliath, there's the Philistines lined up with their swords and their spears and their shields. There's a whole army of them lined up here and they're up there over there hiding, the Jews are. And Saul and, and Goliath looks up to that mountain and over top of the hill, he sees uh, somebody running down. He probably just looks like a little guy running. The closer he got, the smaller he looked, amen. He was waiting on a soldier and he looks and there's a guy that shows up that doesn't even have a sword, he doesn't have a spear, and he doesn't have a shield. The only thing he's wearing is his shepherd's clothes. The only thing he's wearing, he has his, he has his sandals on. He has around his waist would have been a, a, a tied leather strap with a little bag that was there that probably had a leather type of tie and he was running down and he's whirling something like this and when the enemy sees him, he thinks to himself, out of all the soldiers in among the Jewish people, everybody that can wield a sword, throw a spear, shoot a bow, everybody, they could have brought any weapon they wanted but they, 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 they looks and it's, it's a little boy, it's, 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 it's Theodore. Who sang today? He's coming down with a with a slingshot. And he's saying he's just a young lad, and he was a ruddy lad. I believe he didn't mean, he couldn't grow facial hair yet. It's what I've always believed that meant. And here he comes. He's running down, and Goliath sees that, and he starts. <laughs> this is going to be easy. I, I, for forty days I've been waiting for me to fight me, and they send me a they send a boy. They send a boy. And here he is. David is running toward me. And he said, am I a dog that you send, send me? Am I a dog that you send this lad to fight me? And he says it this way. When he sees him coming, he said, he said, he said I'm going to cut you up. I'm going to feed you to the fowl of the air and the beast of the field. And David's response was this. All you have is a sword. All you have is a spear. All you have is a shield. What he was saying to us, what I have with me is greater than that which is against me. Amen. Sometimes in life, life brings you insurmountable circumstances. Sometimes you're gonna have things that upset you, whether it's financial, maybe physical, maybe family. There, there could be, even in a Christian, a tumor show up in the body. Even a great Christian can have ailments or sicknesses. There can be, there can be problems in a good family. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. How many know bad things can happen to good people? And the Jews are here and you've got the best thing the champion of the enemy is coming in, challenging you to a battle. But I come to preach to you, it doesn't matter what comes against me, there is something I have with me that's greater than that which is against me. Amen. Amen. He talks about, in the New Testament, the armor of God. David didn't have any physical armor. He didn't have a sword. He didn't have a shield. He didn't have his loins girt with, 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 with uh, what I was talking about in the New Testament. He did have shoes on for sure, um, but he didn't have a helmet on. He didn't have those things on physically, but he had those things on spiritually. What if we showed up and we looked like, you know, knights? 
shield and sword and what well, the Bible says put on the armor. That's not the way it is. What it's talking about is a spiritual perception that when I put on the helmet of salvation, it's knowledge. It's a mental understanding that I am saved. That's why the Bible says ye err not knowing the scripture nor the power of God. And that's why when the enemy attacks you, he tries to speak things to get you to think different than the way the word of God speaks. That's why you gotta keep going to the house of God because when the enemy comes in like a flood, you gotta raise up a standard against him, the Bible says. The Bible says the banner over me is love. And there's one thing you gotta lock down here today and realize no matter the problems I'm gonna face, God loves me and he is for me. It's when the giant shows up and you say, well, I deserve it. Back in 1942, 1976 and uh, 2022, made this mistake and so God's trying to kill me. If God wanted to kill you, you'd be gone. And we get this knowledge that we take off the helmet of salvation. We don't know if we're saved or not because we're fighting things and we, we lose our joy. We lose our peace. We lose this because of things going on in our life. You, you've got to put on the helmet of salvation and say, I know that I'm saved. Somebody shout, I know that I'm saved. Sword of the Spirit is the word of the Lord. Everybody say the word of God. You've got to be able to use the word of the Lord. The Bible tells me, and so you can fight every enemy with the sword of the spirit. Can you say amen? You, you, you've got to have a shield of faith that will quench not some of the fiery darts of the wicked, but somebody say all the fiery darts. Last Sunday, I believe it was, hold your shield up, your shield of faith. The shield of faith, when the enemy is throwing things at you, you can feel an attack that's coming against you and your family. How many has ever felt that? But you gotta put up the shield of faith and the shield of faith is so big that it says, no matter what you throw at me, I'm gonna make it through this trial. God's gonna see me through it. It's the shield of faith that speaks things that you can't see, you can't feel, and you can't hear. Faith's the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Faith says things that you can't see, you can't feel, and you can't hear. You just know God's gonna make a way where there is no way. God's gonna provide for, God's gonna take care of me. It's not the, the miracle hasn't happened yet, but it's gonna happen. Amen. Faith, it's a shield of faith. It allows things to not penetrate and destroy you. The fiery darts of doubt, fiery darts of unbelief, fiery darts of discouragement, fiery darts to come in to make you think you're not who God says you are. But I'm gonna tell somebody today, the Bible says he's gonna finish the work in you that had begun. Somebody shout, God's gonna finish what he's begun in me. It's not over until it's over. So when you look, look at these things, there was a, that, that David shows up with, with, with spiritual armor and, uh, and a slingshot. Get your slingshot out. We had slingshots built a couple Sundays ago. There's still one in my truck. It was up here cutting all those slingshots. What, what, what makes him go against something that's obviously logically going to destroy him? It was faith. Here's the point. What keeps you going when it looks like everything's against you? It's faith. Faith is a driving force. It's the energy of the church. It's, it's, the Bible says without it, it's impossible to please God. For we must believe that he is, 
Hebrews 11 and 6, we must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Just because it's not going your way doesn't mean it's not going to go your way. Diligently. Hadn't happened yet. Look at your neighbor and say, it hasn't happened yet, but God's getting ready to do something. You know what some of y'all need in your vocabulary? Not it hasn't happened. It hasn't happened yet. 40 days and nothing. I, I, I feel this in the spirit. The Bible says she knocked continually on the door of the judge and said, would you avenge me of my adversary? I've got an adversary. See, some of you right now don't have any adversaries, but some of you in the room are dealing with some adversaries in your life, some things in your life that are opposing. It could be internally in the family, and it's an, it's an adversary issue, and you're trying to figure out. The Bible says that this woman, that she went and knocked on the unjust judge's door. That means he was not a good man. She knocks on his door, and he opens the door and says, What do you want? That's how I picture him, the unjust judge. What do you want? Sound like some of y'all on Monday, Monday morning. Oh, I wanted was a bowl of cereal, Dad. Unjust judge. Grouchy. She said, would you avenge me of my adversary? No, get away from me. Opens the door. What do you want? Would you avenge me of my adversary? No, get away from me. The Bible says because of her continual coming, he avenged her of her adversary. Not because he was good. Because she wouldn't give up. The Bible says how much more shall your heavenly father avenge you speedily? What it seems like sometimes is that God's not answering when the truth of the matter is God always operates in perfect timing. Perfect timing. And in that, the Bible says he will avenge you speedily. Let me just put it this way. It might be 20 years and it seemed like it's nose, but all of a sudden you turn around and there it is right there. It's, it's sitting on the seat beside you. It's in the house of God. They're in the house of God worshiping, praying for family that's not there. Then all of a sudden you turn around. They're living for God. They've been living for God. What seemingly was a long time, God does speedily. He just does the work. Somebody shout hallelujah. Oh, I, could, I, I, I feel this today is that you've got to start believing even when the answer doesn't seem to be there that God is going to do it. God never shows up the way you think he's going to show up. You've got to picture it in your mind exactly how it's going to happen and how the victory is going to be. It doesn't show up. It shows up with a little boy and a slingshot. You know why it shows up in a little boy in a slingshot? Because if the biggest, baddest soldier out of the Hebrew people would have showed up with the sword just half as big as Goliath and he'd have killed him, everybody would have given glory to the soldier. But when God's gonna do something, you're gonna know it was victory in Jesus. It was, it was victory by God. It was God that made a way. Oh, hallelujah. If Brother Gators whipped Goliath, you'd say, that's one bad guy. But if it was Trevor that beat Goliath, you'd say, the Lord is with that man. And I come to preach to you, it's not gonna happen the way you think it's gonna happen. So just quit trying to plan God and process God and, and systematically put God where you think he should be. Let God be God. Let God get the glory because God's gonna get the miracle. God's gonna make a way. Oh, somebody shout hallelujah. 
Psalms 20 is written this way, for it says, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God, for they are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. I come to tell you, David didn't go there to whip that giant with a slingshot and a stone. He went there and said, all you've got is a sword, it's a spear, and it's a shield. But he said, but I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts. I have authority with God. I've got power with God. And God is gonna make a way. Somebody shout hallelujah. When you come in the name of God, you come with the authority of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And when you show up in the name of the Lord, there are times I go preach and be seated for a minute. There are times I go preach and the Brother Stone King taught me this. He said, there's been moments I tried to have meetings without the name of the Lord. He said, I would show up in these towns and he said, I would just start preaching. He said, I couldn't find the power. He said, so I would tell everybody, why don't you lift your hands and pray? He said, I'd go over, stand to the wall by myself and I said, I come in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I'd turn around. He said, I felt the authority of the Lord upon me. The name of the Lord is, 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 is not just something that was used in baptism, amen, of remission of sins. The name of the Lord is not just something we do praying over our food at, at, in the evening. You know, you know how it is. The name of the Lord isn't just something that, 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 that we just use as, as casual Christians. When you begin to study the name of the Lord, that you'll find that the name of the Lord was so valuable that the Bible says in Acts 4.12, neither is there salvation in any other. For there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Zechariah said in that day there shall be one Lord and his name shall be one. For there is one Lord, there is one faith and one baptism. Can you say amen? And that name of God, which is the name of Jesus that was revealed. Oh, I get so worked up. I think sometimes I, I, I keep going and I'll leave y'all somewhere else in the message. Are y'all with me right now? Everybody say the name of Jesus. When they approached the name of God, when they in the New Testament would speak the name of Jesus, it was so valued that they had faith when they would speak it. I think some, some of you maybe use it so casual that you don't understand the value of it. And you say the name of Jesus and it sort of has, you just, you just sort of use it as it's another name when it's the name above every name. It's not just that you use it, it's how you use it and your faith in it. Can you say amen? Oh, let me, let me, let me stop here for a minute. Uh, I, want to get, I want you to get this. The Bible says, what serve you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord. Can you say amen? That's why you find it in, in, when they baptize them. They would speak the name of Jesus over them in baptism. Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 19. Because there was power in that name, resurrection power. You can go down one way and come up a brand new person because of the power of the name of Jesus Christ. Do you believe that? And what I'm saying to you today is that Simon Peter put it this way. And uh, uh, this armor of God that I don't see the name of the Lord mentioned, I find it like this. The Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower that the righteous run into and they are what? 
That means when I say the name of Jesus, I'm encompassed in his name. I might have a sword and spear and helmet of salvation, my loins girt, shoes shod, shield. But when I say the name of Jesus, I'm encompassed in his name. It's preservation and protection. When David said the name of the Lord, he said the name of the Lord of hosts. What he was saying was, and the word host means an innumerable army that's with me. When he mentioned the name of Jesus, he was saying, or, or the name of the Lord, what he was saying in the Old Testament, he was saying, he was saying, you can't measure what is with me in the name of the Lord. Because he said, I'm not just going, I have been sent. Let me tell you something. When you leave this building, you're not just going into your next week. God is sending you into the next week. And I leave in the name of the Lord of hosts. I feel like some of you that are worrying need to proclaim the name of Jesus over next week. I just feel that. When you get up, you need to put your feet down and say, I come today in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm not walking through this week by myself. I've got the name of the Lord over me and with me. Do y'all believe what I'm teaching you today? So there was a crippled man in the New Testament laid at the gate and, and Simon Peter comes up and he's begging. He's, he's got his hand out and he said, alms, alms. Alms means money for the poor. Alms, alms, alms. And Simon Peter walked up to him and this is how he expressed himself. He said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. You're not thinking about Cracker Barrel again this week, are you? In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He believed that possession of something was more valuable than silver and gold. He believed that what he had in his possession was not just a sword of the spirit, helmet of salvation, shield of faith, shoes and loins girded. He believed that what he had could make crippled men walk, deaf ears open, blinded eyes see, troubled marriages put back together. Come on. I come not to you with enticing words of men's wisdom, but I come in power and demonstration of the Spirit. Something to happen today. I want you to stand to your feet and clap your hands and praise the name of the Lord. Would you do that? Praise the name of the Lord. I just feel like God would like to demonstrate himself in this room today because he is a God of his word. I want you to say, in the name of Jesus, we have the victory. I wonder what you're dealing with today. You can have 50 year old wounds that something happened 50 and you've held on to, but in the name of Jesus, you can be healed and set free from the wounds of yesteryear. We were driving down the road, remain standing. My wife and I were driving down the road. And uh, you know, I have, I have a habit of looking in the rear view mirror anytime we stop because I have been rear-ended rear five times since I've lived in Zanesville. And Coach Appleton, who's a former driver's ed teacher, he said, I would say from a driver's ed teacher that you're the problem. 
so at least three of them, I was sitting in that stoplight and uh, sitting still. But, but uh, I, I remember stopping off the, the Route 93, getting ready to turn on Lambert Road, and there was an unusual long strand of traffic, and we couldn't turn left on the Lambert Road where we live. And I looked in the mirror, and there's somebody at night that has not seen me, probably on their phone. And I can see this car going at least 55 miles an hour. That is not stopping coming at us. And I just said, <laughs> when I did, she screamed, Jesus! Because we believe it's a strong tower that the righteous can run into and be saved. And when she said, Jesus, I don't know what happened, but that car came sideways sliding around us and went around us and went on the other side. Slid in the gravel past us. I believe when she said Jesus, it woke him up, moved him out of the way because there's power in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout hallelujah. I didn't come up here today to preach a pretty sermon. I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. You can be healed. You can be delivered. And you can be set free. Somebody shout in Jesus' name. My dad mom believed that you could be crippled and we would anoint you in the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and God would raise you up. I felt this earlier, and I know, I know we're in the midst of COVID, but I feel like we need to have a prayer line today. And I believe that everybody that needs a miracle that'll come to that prayer line, you're gonna be healed. It's gonna be fixed because I'm gonna do what I cannot do for you. I cannot heal you, counsel you, and fix your problems. But I know one who can. I know one who can. And when we call on his name, that great name. How many believe he has a name above every name? Woo! Somebody shout Jesus. If you need a miracle in your body physically, amen. I'm gonna ask you to come down this road. You have to walk around if you're on this side. I want you to come down. I'm gonna speak the name of Jesus over you. I'm gonna anoint you with oil, and I believe God is gonna heal you today. I believe you will. I need, I need the oil. Where's Brother Gators at? I need a couple ministers. I know a lot of our ministers are gone, but I, I feel a miracle touch today. I did, I woke up yesterday and I felt like today. He said, in the name of Jesus, we have the victory. Hallelujah. I want everybody in the building, how many believe in miracles? I mean, believe in miracles. Praise the name of the Lord. There's some watching online that God, I believe, will heal today. If you're at home, when I speak the name of Jesus, I believe you're gonna be healed. My mother took me to the house of God with crippled feet. When they anointed my head with oil and said, in the name of Jesus, what the doctor diagnosed me with, braces ordered, God healed me. Straightened up my crippled feet on a Wednesday night at church. I never had to wear the braces because if God can use Simon Peter who said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The Bible says his ankle bones receive strength. I believe today 
They're singing about miracles. And I believe you're going to feel it instantaneously come over your body. Do you believe that? Before we move on to, to this, I want everybody in the building to repent. Say, God, if I've ever used your name in vain, I've never valued your name, any sin in my life. I want everybody in the building to say, God, I'm sorry for the sins in my life. There's some people dealing with giants in their life, things they can't get beyond, emotions they can't seem to fix. But in the name of Jesus, today they're gonna be healed. In the name of Jesus, there's gonna be victory. They're gonna see it and feel it. Hallelujah. The Gators, how many believe a miracle is gonna happen? Let me believe miracles are going to happen. I don't care how big it is, God's able. I, I would like you to anoint them. And uh, right here, so let's start with her. Now, when you, you're going to come and walk and, you know, space accordingly. And I just want you to keep walking. And I believe as you make your way back to your seat, healing power, the Bible says she felt within herself that she was made whole. When she touched the hem of his garment. You're not touching me. I'm not touching you. I'm calling the name of the Lord. It's a giant killer. It's a cancer healer. It's an addiction deliverer. The name of Jesus is powerful. I come to you in the knowledge of that word. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.